This is Dina Weiss for Hazar on Parashat Shalach, growing where you already are. This week's parasha begins with a lot of forward momentum. B'nai Yisrael are so close to reaching the culmination of the exodus from Egypt and finally entering into the land that God had promised to them. Scouts are sent into the land to investigate it, but their return marks a shift in momentum as they bring back a frightening report about gigantic fruit, the giants who eat them, and a land that consumes its own inhabitants. B'nai Yisrael react to this report with panic and an attempt to reverse course. Despite all of the horrors that they went through in Egypt, their fundamental reaction to the challenges of conquering the land of Israel is to give up completely. Instead of moving forward, they want to go back, even at the price of death. The entire group raised their voices and the entire people cried on that night. All of B'nai Israel complained about Moshe and about Aharon. The entire group saying to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt or in this desert. If only we had died. Why is God bringing us to this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be spoils of war. Isn't it better for us to return to Egypt? And each man said to his fellow, Let's appoint a leader and return to Egypt. The fear and panic that B'nai Yisrael exhibit here is understandable. But examining what they say more closely can give us access to the real concern that animates them. B'nai Israel do not say that they want to go back to Egypt because they will be safer there. They understand that they are in a landless, dangerous condition that will likely lead to death, regardless of the course they take. This leads to the fundamental question. If they are going to die anyway, why do they prefer to die immediately in the desert or to go back to Egypt? Why do they choose to retreat rather than to charge forward? It seems that they aren't afraid of death. What they are afraid of is defeat. The worst outcome they can imagine is that someone would lead them into a situation where they would put in effort and not succeed. And the moral lesson to be learned from their mistake is that learning to love work for work's sake and being willing to put forth effort that yields no tangible results is essential to developing oneself both spiritually and morally. In fact, working without the guarantee of positive results is the way that Rabbi Levi characterizes the entire project of learning Torah. Amar Rabbi Levi, le kastal nakuv, shasachar ba'alav po'alin lemaloto. Mishati pesh mahu omer, ma'ani mo'il machnis bazo umotzi bazo. Mishati keach mahu omer, v'halo schar kol chavit v'chavit aninotel. Rabbi Levi said it is like a basket with holes whose owners hired workers to fill it. 
The dull worker, what does he say? What am I gaining? It goes in this opening and goes out that one. What does the alert one say? Don't I get reward for each jug? Similarly, what does the dull one say? What have I gained in learning Torah and forgetting it? Rabbi Levy knows that intellectual and spiritual labor can feel futile and frustrating. We often find that for every bit of wisdom we acquire, there is another piece of Torah that we forget. We continuously struggle to become the kind of people that we want to be, yet we find ourselves almost unchanged. Rabbi Levy's contribution is to teach us that the difficulty is a critical feature of progress. God is less invested in the goals that we achieve than in how hard we work to achieve them. In our own eyes, failure feels like failure, but God savors the sweat of our brow. And perhaps it is because God so loves the work that perfection itself proves so elusive. God's valuing of work itself is echoed in Pirkei Avot. Antigonos ishtocho kibel mishimon hatzadik. Hu haya omer, al tiyuk avadim hamishamshim et harav al menat lekabel paras. Ela havu kaavadim hamishamshim et harav al menat shalol lekabel paras. Vihi morashamayim alechem. Antigonos of Soho received from Shimon the Righteous. He would say, Do not be like servants who serve their master in order to receive a reward. Rather, be like servants who serve the master regardless of whether you receive a reward. And let the fear of heaven be upon you. The great Hasidic master, Rabbi Menachem Nachem of Chernobyl, author of the Maor Enayim, suggests that abandoning a quest for spiritual progress and the feeling of success plays a vital role in experiencing real spiritual growth. He explains that most people know that absence comes before presence and that failure comes before victory. So they accept some amount of spiritual regression in the quest for closeness to God. They think that they are descending in order to ascend and are willing to accept when they feel distant from God in order to become even closer to God in the end. However, the Maorinayim is not satisfied with this approach and continues. But the truth is that a person cannot constantly stand on one level. And one reason is that it is an order that he come afterwards to a greater level. For in everything, there needs to be absence before presence. And when we want to rise up to a greater level, there needs to be an absence before then. Therefore, he needs to fall from the level that he is at now. According to the Maorinayim, the take one step back for two steps forward approach to viewing spiritual progress is limited. Instead, he argues that a person should focus not only on where they want to go, but also on the place where they are now. There is no time in your life that is a vacuum, that is just a means to get you somewhere else. Every moment of your journey has intrinsic value. God is present even in the places that feel distant and even in the stages that feel low and far from your goal. 
באותו מדרגה שהוא עכשיו. כי צריך להאמין שמלוא כל הארץ כבודו, ולית אתר פנוי מיני. ואפילו במדרגה שהוא עכשיו, יש גם כן השם יתברך, כי לית אתר פנוי מיני. רק הוא מטומצם מאוד. דהיינו, אפילו במקום שהוא כל הארץ, שכולו ארציות, שהוא רק חומר אב, אף על פי כן מלוא כבודו יתברך. ויחשוב כשנפל ממדרגתו, הלא חי אני, ומיהו החיות שלי, הלא הבורא יתברך. ומיהו החיות שלי, הלא הבורא יתברך. ונמצא יש כאן גם כן הוא יתברך, אף שהוא מצומצם מאוד. And he should think when he falls from his level, aren't I alive? And who is my vitality? Isn't it the blessed creator? And it will turn out that even here, his blessed name is very compressed. The Moorinayim understands that life always comes with challenging moments. We can choose to ignore these stages and think of them as mere distractions or detours, but that is a mistake. Instead, we should dig into where we are and engage fully in the challenge of experiencing a relationship with God that is characterized by distance. He tells you to embrace the difficulty of work that feels fruitless, like it is just work, and to accept that growth doesn't always feel like growth. Instead of asking, where can I go? Ask yourself, why am I here? God is not only on a higher plane, God is also on what feels like a lower plane. God is not only somewhere you need to get to, God is also where you already are. It is precisely this perspective that B'nai Yisrael are lacking. They are unwilling, or perhaps just unable, to live out lives that include failure. They won't enter the land if they can't conquer it. They are afraid of effort for naught. Their all-or-nothing attitude is reflected in their reaction to their punishment for accepting the spy's negative report. B'nai Yisrael find out that because of their cowardice and complaints, they will not be proceeding on to Israel. They will also not return to Egypt. They will not be dying immediately. Instead, they will be forced to live out the rest of their lives in the desert. B'mispar hayamim asher tartem et ha'aretz arba'im yom yom l'shana yom l'shana tis'u et avonotechem arba'im shana v'yedatem et tenuati according to the number of days that you spied on the land for 40 days, one year for each day. You will bear your sin for 40 years and you will know my displeasure. This resolution is unbearable to B'nai Israel, and they try to undo their past mistake. Their desperation drives them to try to enter the land of Israel anyway. Vayashkimu baboker vayalu el roshahar lemor hinanu vaalinu el hamakom asher amar Adonai they woke up early in the morning and went up to the top of the hill country, saying, We're ready to go up to the land that God has spoken. For we have sinned. Moshe said, Why are you transgressing the word of God? It won't be successful. But they presumed to go up to the top of the hill country, 
even though neither the Ark of God's Covenant nor Moshe had moved from the camp. The Amalekites and the Canaanites who lived in that hill country came down and defeated them, pursuing them as far as Hormah. But why is this choice that B'nai Israel made to enter the land of Israel not considered to be a righteous act, a declaration of repentance? Why did it have to be met with death and destruction rather than success? The answer is that it is repentance on the surface for the external sin of refusing to go into the land, but it did not touch on the root of the problem. B'nai Israel did not need to be willing to go into Israel and die there but to be willing to accept being where they are. Their real sin was not that they were swayed by the negative report of the spies. Their sin was in their reaction, their impatience. If you are in the desert, you are supposed to be in the desert. If you are on a path, your job is to walk, even without a guarantee that you'll reach your destination. And this might have been too steep a demand for B'nai Israel to meet but it is still a goal that we, as their descendants, can strive for. Our parsha closes with the mitzvah to wear tzitzit. The language that the verse uses to describe the purpose of the mitzvah is velo taturu, you will not seek. Tzitzit remind the wearer to follow the will of God and not to follow the impressions of one's eyes. This language echoes the opening of our parsha. Shalach lecha anashim v'yaturu et eretz Canaan. You should send out men and they will seek information about the land of Canaan. This points to the way in which tzitzit come to address or compensate for the sin of the spies. And the commandment ends with, Ani Adonai Elohechem, asher hotzeiti atchem me'eretz Mitzrayim, liyot lachem l'Elohim, Ani Adonai Elohechem. I am Hashem your God that I have taken you out of the land of Egypt in order to be your God. I am Hashem, your God. The final words of this Parsha belong to God saying, I took you out of Egypt in order to be your God. God did not redeem us in order to take us into Israel, but in order to be our God, wherever we are. Wishing you a Shabbat of growing where you already are. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you for listening to our weekly Divrei Torah. To see more from our archive, please visit hadar.org slash Torah.